0: Welcome back everyone to episode two of the best of the best Maverick's Guide to Success. I am your host Maverick Levy and on today's show we're going to be breaking down everything insurance related right last show is taxes today is insurance whether it's home auto life or talking about an umbrella insurance policy insurance is one of those things like taxes that you need to have in your life in some aspects and others you don't really need to but you want to to give yourself a safety net but before we go on and welcome the guest of the show i want to talk about how on episode two we are having our very first giveaway this giveaway is going to be a 500 hundred dollar giveaway and listen to the whole episode to find out how you can win this money. The instructions will be given, but remember you must listen to the whole episode or else you may miss things that you need in order to enter the giveaway. Before we go on, I wanna remind everyone that the discussions on this podcast are for informational purposes only. I cannot predict and do not guarantee that you will attain a particular result from the information provided. You should always seek professional assistance before making decisions in connection with the topics discussed. Now, let's welcome Peter Vitali, the owner of Bloomfield Insurance Group. He formerly owned one of the fastest growing Allstate agencies in the country. Welcome Peter, we're honored to have you on the show and we're so excited for what we're gonna learn from the knowledge that you have.
1: Thank you for having me, Maverick. I'm very excited, too, to be here with you.
0: Yeah, and it's going to be a really great show because taxes is sort of my specialty, right? I know things tax-related. I know a few things insurance-related, but like the listeners, I'm going to be learning from you today. There's a lot that I don't know about insurance, and these are how I form these questions a lot of the time. I don't know these things. or Actually, guys, Even if I do know these things, I go to my friends. I go to my girlfriend. I'm like, hey, do you know this shit? She's like, no. I'm like, okay, perfect. Boom, that's a question. That's how we make a lot of the questions on this show. So for you, it's gonna be second nature. But for the listeners, they've never learned about these things, a lot of them. Or if they have, they don't know the nitty gritty of this stuff. That's the word I like to use on the show. So let's get right into it. What's your background? How did you get into the insurance world? And what does your daily role look like as the owner of Bloomfield Insurance Group?
1: Well, I got into the insurance world a little over a decade ago. I started working at an independent insurance agency. I ended up transitioning out of that role, worked as a sales manager at an all-state insurance agency, and then opened my own all-state agency with zero customers, started a scratch agency, built it in a little over two years to a very large number of clients. We we're one of the fastest growing all-state agencies in the country. When I sold that agency, I transitioned from directly selling insurance to clients to teaching insurance agency owners how to operate their business to be more profitable about marketing, about trends, uh, consumer trends and such, to really focus and help people grow their business in the insurance space
0: and I love to hear that you help people because that's what we do on the show we're here to help people we're here to guide people and at the end of the show you're gonna have a relationship a connection with the listeners where they've already heard your voice they know who you are and when it's time for them to get insurance whether it could be auto homeowners whatever it may be they know that they have a resource like you to go to And I think a lot of times people are scared, but your background is amazing. You definitely are the best of the best, and that's why we're having you on this show. And the first topic I wanna talk about is something that may be a little eerie, not talked about a lot, and that's life insurance, right? Life insurance, like I said, it's a topic that is sort of puts a weird feeling inside of you because
1: it's relating to death. So for those that don't know, what is life insurance? So life insurance, and this is a very nice time to be talking about life insurance because it couldn't be more important right now. We're in the middle of a global pandemic, right? Something we've never seen in our lifetime, certainly. And hopefully we never see it again. never will for many, many more lifetimes because uh, it's crazy what's going on. Um, but life insurance is especially important. It's important for young folks and it is important for everybody, but it's important for young folks because you have the opportunity now when you're young and healthy to purchase a life insurance policy, get a rate for the rest of your life that is based on you being young and healthy. And I guess to directly answer your question, what is life insurance? What life insurance is going to pay out a sum of money to the people you choose to leave it to called your beneficiaries. And it's going to, in the event of your death or when you die, it's going to pay them out that sum of money. So there are many different kinds of life insurance policies, but I want you to imagine that you have a policy the the death benefits hundred thousand dollars when you die people will get that hundred thousand dollars and
0: that's what you mean by that word beneficiary that's the people that are going to be receiving that money when you pass hopefully it's not anytime soon we don't want that to happen but it's a topic that needs to be discussed now you answered actually my next two questions within your answer to my first question was You explained sort of how it worked, so we got that out of the way. Mm -hmm. And you said that there's different types of life insurance. What would you say would be the most common life insurance?
1: Um, I would say the most common would be a term policy, and what that means is it's for a certain period of time, if you will. And usually it might be a 10-year term, a 20-year term, a 30-year term. So that means is for the next 10 years or 20 years or 30 years, you're going to pay a premium to the insurance company. And if you die in that period of time, the policy will pay out. It's a cheaper form of life insurance uh, than a whole life policy because you're just insuring if you die during a certain period of time. Um, So that may be somewhat unlikely, but, you know, insurance is designed to you know, protect against risk. That's uncertain. Absolutely.
0: Pretty much. And, Let's talk about the time frame. That's something we always like to discuss on the show because frankly, it's something I like to know myself when I'm getting involved with something. I like to know the time frame of what it takes and how long it takes. So let's say that you have a client that comes to you and they want to do a term policy, life insurance. I'm not sure if I'm saying that correctly. You are, yeah. Okay, so I am. And listeners, there you go. You know that it's okay to ask these questions, right? It's okay to be not knowledgeable about these topics. That's why you go to a professional. That's why you go to the best of the best. So going back to the time frame, what would it look like from the time a client walks in your office says, I want to do this to the time they're actually going to be paying for that policy?
1: So most of the time, uh, you're going to come in, you come in today, you want a life insurance policy and we're going to get, take an application. We're going to fill out some questions, answer some questions about you. And most of the time, That policy is going to start immediately when you walk out the door. You're going to be covered by a temporary policy provision until it goes through the underwriting process. But if God forbid on your way home from your insurance agent's office, if something were to happen, you know, if you pay the first month's premium, let's say, you're going to be covered immediately upon the submission of that application.
0: And with life insurance, I, if I remember correctly, I think they send someone out to you to run some tests. And the reason I bring that up is because my dad, who I previously had on the show years and years ago, he hates needles right he hates getting his blood drawn and actually someone came to our house a nurse came to our house to get his blood and to do whatever they want to do to ensure Mm -hmm. that you're healthy and you're up to standards whatever it is and she was sticking the needle in his arm and this shit was moving around and the next thing you know she ends up going back to her car because it didn't work and he has this needle literally sitting in his arm no joke this is a true story sitting in his arm but i don't want that to scare anyone because that's a uh, one in a million <laughs> one in a trillion chance but it's pretty funny so someone right does come out to you afterwards they test and that sort of goes into the next question that I have is they base the life insurance policy off your current state of health. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So so what about someone that might have underlying health conditions, right? Whether you know it's extreme or it's n- pretty minor, is that going to affect how much you're paying or what your policy is going to look like for life insurance?
1: It's definitely going to affect how much you're paying. Um, the healthier you are, the more discounted of a premium you're going to pay. The less healthy you are, the more you're going to pay. Yeah. It could also, you know, if you have some huge um, underlying medical conditions. Perhaps the life insurance company isn't going to write a policy on you, or perhaps they're only going to write it for a certain number of years or at a certain uh, death benefit amount. Um, so your overall health is going to affect it, and that's why it's important to get life insurance. Many people may say when they're in their early 20s, let's say, may say, you know, I don't really need life insurance. I don't have a family. I don't have kids to support. I don't have a wife to support. I don't own a house. I don't have any debt. Why do I need life insurance? And the answer would be you're protecting your future insurability. God forbid you're diagnosed with some illness that may not be tremendously serious, but it could be. Yeah. You may not be able to ever get life insurance when you do have a family to take care of and when you do have debts and obligations that you need to pay off in the unlikely event of, of your death, hopefully.
0: So you want to lock that in when Absolutely. you're in your early 20s. And I can't believe you brought that up because this is a great, great, great stepping stone into our next you know, topic about life insurance that I wanted to talk about, and it's something you and I have actually spoken about. It's using life insurance as a way to diversify your investment, right? There's a way to obtain life insurance in your early 20s when you're healthy, and you can take that money out when you turn a certain age, and you'll get a large sum of money back to you, right? And I like to say in my notes here, I have, I call it layman's terms, It's basically paying a subscription for something that is potentially going to pay you back way later down the road. So if you're young, if you're in your early 20s and you have money saved in the bank, right, you have, you know, a few thousand dollars, whether, you know, you're going to obviously have to figure out if it's enough money to get a life insurance policy, but You want to take that money and you're trying to figure out how can I make more money off of this money? Well, you're not going to make a quick return by any means. It's not quick at all. Mm -hmm. But it is a way to secure down the road when you're older that you will have a large sum of money coming your way. Is that something that you would agree with as an option?
1: Yeah, it's definitely an option. A lot of people use whole life policies or universal life policies. Um, Think of it this way. You're paying now. And part of the money goes to pay the insurance premium. Part of the money is banked to pay later insurance premiums. And that money that's banked, you can take out in the form of a loan. Maybe 20 years from now, you say you know, I built a business, I'm wildly successful. I don't need this $200,000 if I die. My family doesn't need it. You can then surrender that policy and get the cash value back.
0: Yeah, we Um, we always, sorry to cut you off, but we always like to talk about having sort of a, a way to have a rainy day fund on the show, even though it's the only second episode and I say we like to talk about it. It's, I like to talk about it because you never know when you'll be in need of that rainy day fund, like you said. And if you can secure it, At an early age and you can be able to take that money out, it can be very, very valuable for someone, like you said, that might want to start a business, that might want to be doing something else. So know everyone, all my listeners know that that is an option when it comes to life insurance. Peter emphasized that a lot of people associate life insurance with The typical safety net for a family, safety net for a loved one when you have made it and you have a solid source of income flowing in. But that actually might not always be the best case scenario for yourself. You actually might want to look into getting life insurance when you're in your early 20s as a way to have a different kind of safety net or as a way of diversifying your investment. If you're looking to have money down the road, when you turn, I don't know, it was the age one we were looking at was like 65. I think if you turn 65, Mm -hmm. you get that money back. And and that's just so, so important that people know that there's another way of looking at life insurance. It's not just a sort of, okay, I only get this later in my life. No, you can 100% get it now, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and we would encourage people to do that because it is going to provide you a huge value.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a value that I would say that people aren't talking about all the time. I'm not sure if you agree with that, but maybe in your world they're talking about it, but certainly not on Instagram. They're not complex. Whatever shit you're looking at on yeah. Instagram worlds are hip hop or, you know, they have ads for people saying invest with me, invest with me. They're not talking about investing in yourself, getting life insurance as a way to protect yourself. It's something that's so clear. Now before we move on to Can
1: I say one thing about yeah, that? Cuz yeah, I no d- I do think we're seeing this in a different way. That's important. Think about when someone does tragically pass away young. You're seeing GoFundMe pages go up. And that's because they didn't have life life insurance. And, you know, what I would tell people honestly, and listen, there's nothing against anyone having a GoFundMe page if someone tragically died. I don't want to come off the wrong way here. But if something happened to you, would you want your family to be putting up a GoFundMe page or would you like their life insurance agent delivering a check to them? One is definitely going to happen, and one is, you know, you're leaving it to the charity of your friends and family who may be very charitable and uh, no doubt, and I've contributed to those before, but there's a better way.
0: Yeah, I've never even thought of that, talking about it that way. You do see GoFundMe pages for when people tragically pass away at a young age to support their family, you know, and sometimes you just see it for funeral costs, whatever it may be, but that's an excellent way, everyone, because everyone does look at GoFundMes as a way You know to be able to support someone um in any type of way but a lot of times it's when they pass and you know their family needs some assistance so everyone take that into consideration that was actually a very very good point that peter and i didn't talk about before we came on the show and thank you for that that encouraged me to you know look at some things differently now let's transition and talk about something that is pretty much essential to everyone unless you don't have a driver's license And that is auto insurance, right? So Mm -hmm. auto insurance, in case you didn't know, because shout out to my girlfriend, Olivia, she did not know that it is a law to drive a vehicle. You must have auto insurance. So it's pretty funny (laughs) that uh, she didn't know that, but that shows me that I'm sure there's other people out there that didn't know that it's a law to that you need to have auto insurance. So what exactly is auto insurance?
1: So auto insurance is designed, most people associate it with, protecting their vehicle you know if they get into an accident it's going to pay for the repair of their car but it's a lot more complex than that and the reason the government insists by law that you have auto insurance when you're driving is because look at the roads that we have They might not be the best roads here in michigan yeah Uh, we're in michigan (laughs) for
0: everyone and the roads are complete garbage they're shit there's potholes everywhere. I've gotten flat tires, and I'm sure Peter will agree with me. The minute you cross over into state lines that's not Michigan, it's totally different. Oh, it's going to be smooth it's salad. Totally it's going to be so smooth salad. And if you're a car addict like I am, you recognize that, and you know that you can't drive anywhere and everywhere in Michigan because you probably are going to have potholes. You're probably going to have roads that are complete shitty. So I'm sorry to interrupt you there. Go on. They're
1: they're terrible. But, you know, part of the reason is the government wants to, if let's say you knock over um, a light post, a traffic light post or something like that, the government knows that you may not have the money to repair that. And they're probably pretty expensive. So they require a property damage component of insurance policies um, to protect them against maybe someone's reckless, uh, actions or just an accident and damaging, you know, government property via bridges, things like that. Even someone else's mailbox, you know, your, your insurance policy is going to protect that.
0: So are there different types of auto insurance? Like for example, when I was looking into, you know, doing some education on myself, because yes, I have auto insurance, but I'm not that educated on it. Is there a difference between like, if, God forbid someone hits my car, right? Is their insurance going to cover both the damage to my car and the damage to their car? Or is there like different types of insurance where it may only cover, you know, their car or it may only cover things like not like that? I, I...
1: What I would say is it's going to really depend on what state you're in. You know, we're here in Michigan and so I'll speak to Michigan's a no-fault state. You know, generally there's, there's a minor exception of the rule as there always is, but um, generally your auto insurance is going to pay for anything related to you or your car is
0: is a no-fault state pretty common or uncommon
1: um, i think there's about 13 no-fault states um, i think there's a public perception they're a little more expensive to insure in a no-fault state but i'm not sure that's entirely true but there's about 13 or 14, I think that uh, in the country, most of our neighboring states in Michigan are not no fault states. Um, Ohio and Indiana would be what we would call a tort state where you would sue the other party. Yeah. So can you just
0: give the listeners, you know, a definition of what a no fault state means compared to a not because people might not know that.
1: Yeah. So a no fault state really what it means is it doesn't matter whose fault the accident is. Your insurance is going to pay for your car my insurance is going to pay for my car, whether I caused the accident or didn't cause the accident. Um, And there's a benefit to that, I think, because there are hit and runs. There are, you know, someone may not have insurance. So in a no-fault state, I look at it as you go to your insurance company, they make you whole, and you don't have to worry about potentially initiating litigation to get your car fixed.
0: Gotcha. And you talked about a hit and run. So I want to ask a question of, does regular typical auto insurance cover if someone steals your car, keys your car? Or in Florida, we had an Escalade down there and there was a tropical storm a few years ago and a palm tree, just came and smashed through the window of the car. Is that all covered?
1: Yeah, so normally um, that's covered, those things that you mentioned are covered by um, what's called comprehensive coverage. So fire, theft, vandalism, glass breakage, falling objects, even hitting an animal. We have a lot of uh, big deer population in Michigan. Deer would be covered under comprehensive. Yeah,
0: because my stepmom, I think last... Oh, i remember you remember yeah, yeah. yeah last winter she was driving on the expressway and a deer just came flew right through it so that was covered yep. right obviously and because the show is focused towards the younger generation as i keep reiterating but you know we have a wide i just had someone call me that's in their mid 40s and they listen to the show and they gain knowledge from it if you are going to get auto insurance and you're young right and you're going to be paying mm-hmm. for it yourself how big of a factor? does the type of engine in your car, does your age play? How big of a role do those things play when you're going to be getting auto insurance? Are you going to be paying more for a faster car if you're younger? How is that working?
1: So the insurance companies have made the pricing of auto insurance very complex. And probably over the past 20 to 30 years, they've made it increasingly complex. So the type of car you have is definitely going to play a factor um, into your insurance rate. Um, yeah, faster engines, faster cars. What they're really looking at um, when they price these are, if you have what we would call full coverage, I guess would be um, kind of the lingo most people use. You know, if you're covering the car, if you have an old car, you might not be covering the car at all. It doesn't matter if it gets into an accident, you might not care about it. But if you have full coverage, the the cost to repair the car is really something the insurance company is going to look at Uh, and full
0: coverage i just want to stop you there because a lot of the times actually when people talk about these things just in general that people might not know what full coverage means and they might be a little scared to ask what it means they don't want to seem like they don't know so what does it mean
1: what i would tell you is full coverage isn't an insurance term it's kind of you know it's a street common, term. It's a street term. It's yeah, a street term. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And I think what most people would think it means is that you have collision coverage and comprehensive coverage, maybe car rental coverage. So what is that collision? You hit another car, you hit a fixed object that's covered under collision. Comprehensive, we just talked about fire, theft, vandalism, glass breakage, hitting an animal, falling objects, and then you know if you're in a collision or if your car has something that's covered by a comprehensive loss, you know, there's a you know, a car rental component. So while your car is being fixed, you're not out. I think those three things most people would say are full coverage. Those are the optional coverages that right. you so, have.
0: so there's just so I understand it for myself, so I know that the listeners understand it, there's your generic auto coverage that you're going to have. Sure. Right? The
1: stuff that's mandated yeah, by the mandated law. You, by the you law. can't get out of it. Okay. Yep.
0: And then on top of that, there's going to be additional policies that you can add on to your auto insurance to ensure that, like you said, you would have that full coverage, yep. right? That's how it yep. would work. Exactly. So everyone listen to that because you're getting advice from an expert. Literally, he had the number one growing all state agency in the country and he is knowledgeable so you need to take this information you need to absorb this information and listen you can go out there and you can get basic auto coverage that's mandated by law that you have it however you may not be covered for things that you might think you are covered for and that's why you should talk to someone like peter or whoever you know you go to that you trust and i've talked about on the last show do your due diligence on them and make sure that they're trustworthy but Like you said, you need to be able to have that full coverage. To me, I'm always one where I'm going to go all in, right? I want the full coverage because God forbid anything happens. I don't want to be, you know, having to pay any money out of my pocket. Yep.
1: And can I share a story about this? Okay. And when I first started working at an all state agency, I went to an all state corporate training. And um, one of the instructors at this corporate training program talked about her niece and her niece in Michigan, we have something called limited collision. And what that means is if, the accident's not your fault. It's covered. If it is your fault, there's no coverage for your car. Now, her niece had like, you know, a 2000 whatever brand new Ford Focus at the time, puts a limited collision on it because she goes online to a Progressive or a Geico or a do-it-yourself auto insurance. Limited collision's the cheapest. She figures that's what I need. I want the cheapest. I want something I can afford. What she didn't know is she rear-ended somebody in this Ford Focus and it did a you know, it's a compact car. Did a sizable amount of damage. Well, the accident was her fault. There is no coverage for that accident.
0: Wow, wow. So that's just—it's a
1: huge. Yeah. You know, saving a couple hundred dollars cost her more, more than five more or six money. thousand. And yeah, that's, and that's
0: also great advice from you because a lot of the time, right you know, my family's in the tax business. So I see it sort of differently. But a lot of the time people try and do that themselves. And they think they're saving money. But down the road, they're sort of fucking themselves over. Absolutely. You're
1: saving a few dollars today to spend thousands
0: tomorrow. Later. It makes no sense. So you want that. You would recommend, listen, everyone, the best of the best.
1: He recommends that you get full coverage. Absolutely. And I, I would definitely recommend always talk to a professional.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's something we urge on this show as well and talk about highlight, whatever it may be. You always talk to a professional before you make any decisions and that's why I have the little disclaimer in the beginning of this episode is I always want you to talk to the best of the best. I want you to pick up the phone and call someone like Peter. So you know this is a great time. Why don't you give your phone number for the listeners so that they can be able to pick up the phone, call you and know that they now have a resource of someone who's so knowledgeable and can hold their hand and walk them through this. Absolutely. You can call me anytime He always before, sorry to cut you off. He (laughs) always answers his phone. I could I called him one time at like midnight, I think, about a question I had about insurance, and he picked up the phone in two seconds. Even today, something came, something happened where he had to change the time of the interview, and he picked up his phone in two seconds. He, I promise you, he always answers his phone, and I love that about him. That's part of why he is the best of the best.
1: (laughs) Well, thank you. I pride myself on always being there for you know, clients, friends, anyone who has insurance questions, uh, you know, my family, anytime, call me 248-571-0000. You can call me or text me on that number. I would, even if there's nothing in it for me, even if you say, would you review my policies? Give me a, say it's great, say it's bad. Give me a few ideas. I'm happy to do it for you. Yeah. Um, That's so
0: nice of you, by the way, because a lot of the time people need that sort of, overlook in that guidance because they might not they might have gone to someone right and got a policy from someone and they don't know that that person's screwing them over Mm -hmm. fucking them over and now they're coming to you and you're being a resource for the people so thank you for that because the listeners i know they appreciate that right last episode i had someone come to me about taxes and they needed some help and we took care of them like family and you'll do the same for everyone that comes to you so thank you for that and before we transition to out of auto i want to talk about deductibles i think that's a misconception a lot of the time with auto insurance and what a deductible means so i'm actually going to try and explain this because this is something i actually think i know and i'll (laughs) explain it and if i'm not explaining it correctly 100 percent me be like maverick you're off base here like (laughs) let me chime in do whatever you want to do tell me to fuck off i don't (laughs) care like tell me i'm not with it but the deductible works in a way where if you have auto insurance And let's say that you go and you sideswipe a light pole in a parking lot and the repair cost to fix the damage is $1,000, but your deductible is at $3,000, you're going to be paying that $1,000 to repair out of your pocket because the insurance company will only cover damage over three thousand dollars is that correct
1: that's absolutely correct okay
0: awesome yeah so listen everyone you can have auto insurance but make sure you're paying attention to what your deductible is and you're not just going to an auto repair place and being like here fix this and then next thing you know you're going to end up paying that and also i want you to drive carefully right i want everyone to don't text and drive you know don't look at your phone and i know it's hard right because we're so attached to our phones so be careful when you drive but Think about that deductible that I just talked about. You need to make sure that you're clear and you understand that concept. I'll say it again. If you have damage to your car that you're going to have to pay $1,000 to fix it and your deductible is at $3,000, you are paying that money out of your pocket. Your insurance company is not covering that because the damage has to be at least three thousand dollars or over for them to fix your vehicle right
1: absolutely and look at it if that's five thousand dollars in damage what's the insurance company going to do they're going to write a check for two thousand dollars and you're going to have to pay the you know auto body shop your three thousand dollar deductible so when you're setting a deductible a lot of people say you know just give me the cheapest insurance well are you going to have three thousand dollars every possible minute yeah. in your bank account to be able to afford to get your car fixed i mean you need to look at your own financial situation and what makes sense for you
0: yeah and sort of staying on the track of auto insurance what about if someone is trying to get auto insurance that has speeding tickets has accidents on their record right sure and they go to get auto insurance and it's a crazy high number yeah. but they have to pay it because you need it you need it and they drive for, let's say, two, three years with a clean record. Is there going to be a way for them to now be paying less in their insurance? Or is that a trick? Yeah. Oh, he's no, smiling. This I, isn't a visual
1: podcast yet, but uh, he's smiling I'm, I'm and laughing smiling, at that question. I'm smiling laughing pretty big because um, anyone who's known me for a long time has known I'm not the world's best driver. Um, there was, you know, we talk about texting and driving, which don't do it. About five years ago, I was, you know, looking at my phone and... All of a sudden, you know, I look up, the car in front of me stopped, I rear-end it. It's an off-duty police officer. I mean, talk about bad luck. So <laughs> um, my driving record is not the best. It's a heck of a lot better now. But yeah, I mean, you're going to pay in Michigan generally and really throughout the entire country. About three years is what you're going to look at for a clean driving record sometimes five years for a certain enhanced level of discounting but you know yeah as those tickets drop off your driving record those accidents become more than three years old you're going to see those discounts automatically regenerate on your policy
0: yeah and you see i think i see ads on tv i don't know if it's all state or like if you drive safe you get some shit like that i see online Money that's back. I, yeah and, yeah
1: Absolutely, you know, they're trying incentivizing uh, safe driving as well. Yeah. And now through telematics programs on your cell phone, you know, monitoring how you're driving, you can get money off your premium and things like that. The insurance industry is very slow to innovate, but they're coming up with some fairly good ideas. Yeah, I'm
0: sure down the road there's yep. going to be some crazy thing that they'll be able to track if you're doing 150 on mm-hmm. the expressway which you yep. shouldn't be. Not but if you all. are, there's going <laughs> to be there's going to be a way to track it. Now, lastly, if people are lost as to where to go to get auto insurance, right? I think a lot of the time the younger generation, and frankly anyone of any age for that matter, is going online and yeah. they're typing in auto insurance. Or yeah. if someone my age is a first-time car buyer, they're leasing a car, they need to get insurance, and they're just probably going to do it the cheap way. How would you recommend them going about getting auto insurance?
1: You know what I would always recommend, and I think you know, and and this is in really everyone's best interest, is to go to a few different companies talk to get a few different quotes for coverage, look at the coverage, see if it's similar, look at the price. I would recommend talking to someone not doing it yourself online if you have no idea what you're doing, because it's a liability for you. You don't know what you don't know. You don't know what you should be looking for. So pick up the phone. I mean, there are huge insurance companies, Allstate, State Farm, Geico, Progressive, You know, you can call me, I'll give you advice on where I think you should go. There are different companies that target different segments of the market. For instance, Progressive and Geico, I would say, are more geared towards a younger generation, one car, not homeowners. And then you have companies like Hanover Citizens, Cincinnati, auto owners that are really priced competitively for Maybe folks were in their late 30s, 40s, 50s that are homeowners have two or three cars and maybe some additional assets uh, to protect as well. So each company is going to go after their own target market. So don't just look at one, um, because that may not be the one that's targeting you and they're charging you a lot more.
0: And insurance can be confusing as fuck, right? Absolutely. It is so confusing to even me who knows a little bit about it. It's
1: confusing to me and I know a lot about it. It's a, it's a, it's a complex legal contract at the end of the day. And I mean, it's going to be interpreted, you know, uh, differently by, um, different states, different courts, things like that. Most of the stuff is simple. We see auto accidents every day. But, you know, you look at, you know, on business insurance and business interruption and is COVID a covered yeah. peril? Um, you know, this is a complex legal contract. So it's, it's difficult for everyone, even us uh, who are in the industry. And you want
0: to make sure you have the best of the best doing it. Um, and now, uh, done with auto. Done mm-hmm. with cars. Everyone drive safe, please. And please. if you need insurance help, please contact Peter. He'll give his number again at the end of the episode. But we want you to know that he is a resource for everyone on the show. Anyone that's listening, and then when you when you call him, make sure you say, "Hey, I listened to the podcast. I found that's how I found you." And now let's get into homeowners insurance. Right, sure. another big part. Um, people my age, maybe not. As involved or as interested in homeowner insurance, but a little bit older, a few years older, nothing crazy. You're going to be looking at your first home potentially. You're going to be buying your first home, and I know. And correct me if I'm wrong again. That homeowner's insurance you need when you go to get a mortgage. Absolutely. If you, it's a requirement, right? Yep. If you are buying your first house and you're. Getting a mortgage to buy the house, you absolutely—it's no question. It's like the law of mortgages. You need homeowners insurance. Yep. So now that we know that, well, can you talk about you know what homeowners insurance is, and are there different types of homeowners, and what does it really cover?
1: Sure. So homeowners insurance is going to cover your house, but it's also going to cover things inside your house that you own. It's also going to cover liability if someone slips and falls, you know, uh, at your house or in your driveway or something like that. You know, the most common things I think we see, especially in this part of the country, are, you know, windstorms damaging the outside of your house, the roof or the uh, siding, things like that. We also see a lot of water claims, frozen pipes, water backup. You know, it's going to cover that damage. So, you know, God forbid your house burns down. I mean, we don't see a whole lot of that. Um, but. It certainly does happen. I mean, I've seen, you know, $100,000 houses burn down. I've seen million dollar houses burn down. Um, you know, we've seen ice dams form, uh, especially in this part of the country with the, you know, fluctuation in temperature around the winter. It's protecting your biggest asset. Most people In America, their biggest asset's gonna be their home. And this is protecting that biggest asset. And is homeowners insurance
0: always covering natural disasters, right? So if you know you're on the West Coast, there may be in California earthquakes and Florida, hurricanes and Michigan, like you said, snowstorms, things like that, wind, whatever it may be. Are you covered by, you know, let's just call it a basic homeowners insurance policy? Or does it get pretty technical? It
1: gets pretty technical depending on where you're at. Here in Michigan, the Michigan Department of Insurance does a phenomenal job at, at regulating the products that insurance carriers can sell. Um, so, yeah, most of your natural disasters are, are going to be covered. But this is why you want to talk to an expert. You want to talk to someone and you want to ask them honestly. Right. They have an obligation to you under the law to give you this information so you know i there's mean there's no I,
0: such thing as dumb questions there's ever, not absolutely ever. especially with insurance you always want to be asking you know seeing if you're fully understanding it because if you're not like fully understanding what you're saying it's such a discrepancy because if god forbid something happens you may think you're covered but yep. you might not actually be covered
1: and i think one of the biggest misconceptions is in the insurance industry. Um, Is what is covered. What's not covered in a general rule of thumb that I was I would always tell people is, if it's sudden, and accidental, it's normally covered. So right, it's sudden. There's a windstorm. Your roof suddenly blows off your house. Right, that's covered. Yeah,
0: we had that leak in our house. Yeah, I woke up on my birthday a few years ago and we had a major fucking leak in our house. Yep, literally. Took so long to repair, but that's what it is with insurance, right? You have it for that safety net of, God forbid, anything happening. And it's just there, like I keep saying, as a safety net, you always want to have something underneath you that, God forbid, something happens. You are going to be protected. That's what this episode is about. You want to stay protected. You want to be always, you just want to be proactive in what you're doing. You want to be proactive in your insurance. You want to be proactive in, in, in everything you do in life. How about like jewelry, art? Is that covered by homeowner's insurance, or so, how does that work?
1: Yeah, jewelry's usually covered up to a certain amount, um, and then they're going to ask you to, you know, if you want more insurance to, to really kind of schedule, they would call it, really put on a schedule what items you have, how much they're worth, um, get an appraisal so they can be covered more fully. I think most insurance policies that I see um, nowadays are really limiting, um, like theft of jewelry to maybe a thousand or twenty-five hundred or five thousand an item. But you're going to want to schedule those items on your policy if you have an engagement ring or, you know, fine art or things like yeah. that. You, you want to make sure you're telling your your insurance person about what that. what you have. Yeah
0: and making sure they know that hey I have this valuable piece of art in my Absolutely. house and I need to make sure that god forbid this gets stolen or yep. knocked down or damaged I'm going to it's going to be Absolutely. protected and what determines how much a person is going to pay for homeowner's insurance what is that determining factor it's like okay I just bought let's just average it at a quarter million dollar house right what's going to determine what they're going to be paying.
1: So the insurance company is going to assess the overall risk level, right? And they do that in a variety of ways. How your house is constructed. They're going to look at what area your house is in. They're going to look at individual risk characteristics about you. We could have a whole episode on um, talking about credit uh, scores and how they affect your insurance rate,
0: which I will have a whole episode about credit scores. Not really talking about insurance, but one of the most important things in your financial world, and maybe even not financial, one of the most important things in your yeah. entire life.
1: Yeah, and it affects things you don't even think it does. You know, your your financial responsibility. You know, impacts how insurance companies are going to look at you and say, you know, how likely is Maverick going to be to file a claim? Well. Maybe a lot more likely if he has a very poor credit score. Maybe a lot less likely. So um, they're
0: basing what they think you're gonna do off of your credit score sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. It's a it's a that's interesting. That's interesting how they're driving
1: record in homeowners policies is becoming increasingly popular. It shows how how risky of a person you are. Yeah. Right. If you're
0: Duke's a hazard like jumping off shit like that. Your homeowner's insurance policy. Your homeowner you
1: may be you're a riskier person. You may say be less likely to take, uh, you know, everyday maintenance of your home seriously and say, well, you know, it looks fine. It'll be fine. Um, so yeah, I mean, those things are going to determine the rate.
0: And a lot of the listeners on the show, they might be renters, right? I got my renter's insurance policy through you. And you know, what's funny is when I was making these questions to ask you, I was like, okay, we're going to talk about renter's insurance policy. but i don't really know what the fuck it means right yeah. i don't know like what what renters insurance policy is i know that i got it because it's smart to have and yeah. i have valuables but let i want to make sure that like people know what renters and policy sure. is cuz some listeners might be in college right they might be throwing a party they might have a pair of off-white jordan 1s that boom they're stolen now from their place and yep. is that going to cover
1: something yeah. like that yeah renters insurance is going to cover the contents in where you're living right you don't own the actual structure so if it burns down we're not going to pay for that but the stuff inside your your bed your shoes your uh, you know yeah. clothes you know anything you have video games computers that's stuff that you own that's what's being covered
0: and I, and I would urge I'm sure you would urge everyone as well to get renters insurance
1: because it's so cheap it's very cheap it's so cheap and it can help you in the long haul so much yeah i mean just think of if you had to rebuy everything that you own today yeah. You know, and I'll tell a story uh, briefly. There was a client that I had that did not want renter's insurance, and I persuaded her pretty hard. One, because she got a big discount on her auto policy that almost paid for the entire renter's policy. Um, but the second reason, I thought she needed it, and she did. Uh, the uh, apartment complex was in Grand Rapids, it burnt down. Oh my God. Um, her particular unit didn't burned down completely. Some stuff was, you know, uh, damaged. damaged by the fire, but all of it was damaged by smoke damage. All of it was damaged by the water that comes out of the fire suppression system. That's not clean water. So it's not just like, you know, that water sitting up, there's like water that comes out of your tap. So it's, it's not, not a big deal. No, it's, and water. It's, yeah, it's, it's gross. Uh, that's been sitting there forever. It's probably some color between yellow and orange and it ruined all of her stuff. Well, that was covered. Wow. Now
0: that's crazy and she
1: was not in a financial position to be able to afford all new stuff so it really was a benefit and do you hear that he persuaded his client
0: it's not he's trying to make more money it's he actually cares he wants his clients to be protected he wants you my listeners to be protected if god forbid something like that happens to you you have that protection you have that comfort level going to sleep at night knowing wow thank god I spent the you know whatever let's round it up to $100 $150 a month which I don't think it's even anywhere no. near there no but I have that and now I don't even have to think twice about anything that I have right I went to a Michigan State when I say I went to it's because I now I'm living at home and finishing school virtually but at Michigan State we would have people over our place and I don't want them you know God forbid I sometimes we would have people we don't know I, I have art I have TV I've I like shoes, clothes, whatever. You don't want that shit to be stolen. And I think it's something that's definitely not talked about, especially in college towns where it's you're having a ton of random people sometimes over your place and drinking and you're not able to watch everyone. So drinking if you're over 21 years old. But if you know you have people that are over there, you want to make sure your shit's protected. Put a lock in your door. I put I had one lock to get into my place, another lock to get into my bedroom, and another lock to get into my closet we'll call it and in my closet i had a safe right it's like i personally i'm someone that loves to be protected i always am protected and that safety net is what you should be wanting in your life you should want to get insurance you should want to have insurance and as we wrap up this interview there's one other piece of insurance i wanted to talk about and we're only going to touch on it briefly because it's more of a humor thing right sometimes people have a pretty big mouth right they may tell people to go fuck <laughs> off they may you know do something to someone that someone doesn't agree with and they get really pissed off you might get in an argument and you know what i was thinking about in today's world it could be like a social media argument where you're you know Absolutely. posting something like that and i want to talk about an umbrella insurance policy sure. and how you know, someone could come and sue you, and how that umbrella insurance policy—if you're telling someone to fuck off online or something like that—how that can cover you. So we just give a brief, 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 you know, like explanation of how yeah. that would work.
1: So an umbrella policy is going to go over, and that's why it's called an umbrella. It umbrellas over and protects your other policies and your your overall, you know, your family. So in the event that you're in an auto accident, someone sues you, your umbrella coverage kicks in after your auto policy to protect you. Same with your renters or home policy. If someone slips and falls and then they sue you, your umbrella kicks in after that home or renters policy goes out. But it also protects for things, you know, libel, slander, what we call personal injury coverages. So, you know, in the social media uh, era that we live in, people say things all the time. And many people may not think that they'll ever be held responsible for the things they say. It may say things that are blatantly untrue or in the heat of the moment. And someone can sue you for that. You know, if you're damaging someone's reputation, um, they certainly have a legitimate cause of action against you. And, uh, that umbrella policy is going to protect against that too. So So if you have a big mouth saying, yeah, make sure what you're saying is true.
0: Yep. make sure you're, what you're saying is true number one if you have a big mouth or if you what I'll have what I'll call Twitter fingers, <laughs> right? You want that umbrella policy. You want to have that comfort level of knowing that number one, you shouldn't ever have to use it, but it's there for that God forbid, that just in case moment. And, you know, people might try and come after you and it's totally illegitimate and they don't want Absolutely. to. Absolutely.
1: And that, yeah, that's yeah. exactly what I was going to say. Completely. You could say something that's 100 percent true. That doesn't mean someone's not going to sue you because you've said something that they don't like. Yeah. And now you have to defend yourself in a lawsuit that you're clearly in the right on. Well, now you have a policy that's going to pay for your legal defense in that. So it's it's incredibly important.
0: Thank you. Yeah. That's that's just something I wanted to touch on because I know the internet can be crazy. I know, you know, if you have a big mouth, you just you, you got to be protected, right? Always. Especially especially if you have a big mouth. <laughs> so, last few questions I have for you here was, is there any general insurance advice that I missed that we didn't touch on that you would have? And second, What would be your advice for people that want to get in and work in the insurance industry?
1: Um, So I guess the only thing that I'll, I'll reiterate, I know I've said it a few times, is talk to a professional. Talk to the best of the best. That's why we're here. That's why. Call me. I'll talk to you anytime. I'll review your existing policies. I'll give you advice. I don't charge for that. I just simply want to make sure people have the right coverage. I don't want to see anyone get into a situation where they're sued from an auto accident. They have a judgment, they get their wages garnished. I mean, this can be serious, and the only way to get out of that is bankruptcy. We don't want to see you go through that. No. um, so make sure you talk to a professional. And anyone who wants to get in the insurance industry, I would also say call me because I wanna sit Look down at that. with you. Two and one. I, Look I at wanna that. I wanna have lunch with you or dinner with you and, and learn about why you wanna get into this and, and give you some advice. I don't think I think generally even as a society and as the insurance industry, there are a lot of older people in this industry. There are not a lot of young people in this industry. It's a great industry. It's an industry that's not going away. And you have repeated
0: business. That's something yeah, we talk about. People are yeah. always going to need insurance, and they're going to have to pay for it every year, every year. And exactly. as they grow their wealth and their success, they're going to need more and more insurance.
1: Absolutely. So again, my number is two four eight five seven one zero 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 zero. Call or text me. I'd love to talk to you about insurance. I'd love to talk to you about a career in insurance. I think it's one of the uh, most interesting and a very lucrative industry to get into.
0: And everyone knows how we end this show when I have a guest on the show. And the way we do that is, Peter, what do you wish you knew when you were in your early 20s?
1: (sighs) Well, it's an I lo- it. <laughs> I listen
0: to I wish I wish I knew a lot I wish I
1: I wish I knew a lot of what I know now in my early 20s, but I think one of the most important things that I wish I knew more was anything is possible if you put your mind to it and you work towards it. And I think that um I knew that but not as much as I do today that, you know, you you're creating your own destiny and we're all lucky to live where we live and we're lucky to be in the situations we're being in. And uh, whether you're a millionaire, whether you don't have a hundred dollars in your bank account, you can be in a completely different position in a year, two years, five years. It takes hard work and dedication.
0: Work hard. Thank you for that. Because Working hard is something I've always stressed, right? I started working when I was 14 years old, maybe 15. I couldn't even drive a car. My parents had to pick me up. And it actually may have been before that, doing lawn work now that I think about it. But it's something that, you have to work hard to get anything that you want in life absolutely it's it's so important to work hard i use the word important on this podcast a lot and i think about like should i use that word important a lot or should i try and switch it up but important is is a big word when we talk about the topics that we talk about because they have such depth to them and they have such necessity to them that when you enter into the real world like we talk about you are going to be wanting to have this information number one And number two, to get to where you are to need that information, you have to work hard. You have to be able to grind. You have to be able to know that you might have to miss hanging out with your friends. You might have to miss going to that party to work and grind hard and be able to get to where someone like Peter is today. He started with nothing at his insurance agency and was able to sell it. And, you know, now he's enjoying life and loving life. And he worked hard for what he is doing now. And he absolutely deserves it. So, Peter... Thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been amazing. One last time, give the phone number.
1: 248-571-0000. Maverick, it's been a pleasure to be with you. Thanks for having me on. And uh, it's a phenomenal podcast. I really enjoy it.
0: Thank you for that. Yeah, it's something that you know everyone needs, right? It's everyone... very
1: important what you're doing.
0: Thank you. I appreciate that. And I appreciate you being a guest on the show i appreciate you being a friend i appreciate you you know being someone that actually now after hearing this i look up to you so uh good job for yourself really you should enjoy life you know go out tonight maybe if during COVID, i don't know if you're going out or not (laughs) have a drink enjoy relax and do that before we end the show totally everyone i want to thank you all My first episode was a complete success and I can't thank everyone enough for the support that I've had thus far. It has been tremendous. It's been amazing. And the only reason I'm able to continue doing this is because of all of you. And lastly, we are having a giveaway the way that you can win $500 Via Venmo. Hopefully you have Venmo. If not, I'm probably gonna have to have you set up a Venmo account. But if you really can't, we'll figure out another way to get that $500 to you. And this is what you have to do to win. Number one, you're gonna go to the podcast Instagram page. That is at T B O T B Pod, and you're gonna go to the picture of cash. Once you click on that picture of cash, you're going to like the picture, tag three friends and then you're gonna repost that picture on your Instagram story. From there, you're going to go to the podcast, you're gonna leave a five-star review with some of the topics or guests that you would like to hear on future shows, along with your Instagram handle so that we can verify you met the requirements to win. And lastly, in order to win, it would really suck if you did all those things and you weren't listening now. In order to win, you must be following both db podcast and the podcast page at tbotb pod you must be following all of those accounts and have done everything that i just said in order to win the instructions will also be in the caption on the instagram posts so please do that and remember on the best of the best maverick's guide to success we always lead by example i wake up every day i go to bed every day Anything I do, I lead by example. I've taken the unwalked path, and I promise you, people will always follow behind you. They'll support you. They will look up to you. So tune in every Wednesday for more of the best of the best Maverick's Guide to Success. Thanks, everyone.